Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillum, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband, Malone Gillum, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries. So grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. Welcome to another week. Here we go. Happy anniversary. Yesterday. Oh, yay! So yesterday, we did a podcast and realized that we hadn't connected the cables correctly. Well, that's gracious of you, as you said, we, and it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we're coming at you uh, a day after the... Uh, our anniversary, so this is Tuesday the 26th. Uh, yesterday was 24 years, and we had talked about um, marriage and stuff yesterday, but we made the decision we were just going to let today's show take us where it will rather than trying to recreate. And as I was thinking about that, that... Uh, voice that at least I get in my head. Y'all may not have a voice in your head, um, but I have one that speaks to me a lot. It said the old familiar phrase, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I don't believe that. So this that voice in my head, I disagree with that. Um, I think sometimes things just happen. And we just happen to not you happen to not connect the cable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but there wasn't some bigger master plan at work, as far as I'm concerned. It was just sometimes, you know, life happens to us. Uh, and I don't think it's because of some grand blueprint that determines our interactions and our decisions. Uh, I think we've been given freedom to live in this life. Um, and so with yesterday's podcast not working out, it just didn't work out and that's okay. Yeah. We don't have to read in or figure out some message that we're supposed to get (laughs) from that event. Uh, keeping things simple is really a nice way to live. (laughs) And taking things and just saying, okay, well, that didn't work. Although with me, and we talked a little bit last week about Enneagram, we introduced that, um, that uh, design for self-evaluation, self-realization, and just uh, noticing the way you are and why you might be that way and growth that comes out of it. Um, The way I am is that I like to um, achieve, I like to complete a task, and so it was just hard for me emotionally to 
to put that together and then let go of it and say, that's okay. That was a challenge for me yesterday for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, a lost podcast in the grand scheme of the universe is not a huge thing, although at the time it can feel uh, weightier as you've expressed, like you've failed at something. It made me continue to think about this um, everything happens for a reason. And as a minister, how often I've had people ask me about, you know, trying to find the will of God in their lives as if there is a reason for them to do X, Y, or Z. And what a, uh, what I believe a futile search that is, I think they're looking for the wrong answers. Mm. Um, Whether you do one thing or another, I think is immaterial. And forgive me, I don't even remember what all we've talked about on this podcast, so we may have covered some of this ground before. I don't think think so. But I think the will of God is that we live with kindness and charity and forgiveness and mercy with one another, regardless of what we're doing. Uh, if we're if we work at a grocery store or in a barber shop or if we're a teacher or a judge or whatever, it's not that the will of God was we had to find that exactly correct vocation or whatever it is, but that we reflect the image uh, of God that we're the salt and light of the earth. That's mm-hmm. His will, uh, and we've been given the freedom to find our gifts and explore them and express them the best way we can. Yeah. Well, and speaking about anniversary and marriage and um, this idea that everything happens for a reason, you know, I know that little girls grow up watching fairy tales like Cinderella and and Sleeping Beauty, and, and they're sold this message that there's only one true love, <laughs> waiting for you and you have to go find it and then <laughs> you think you found it and you're you're uh, you're at your wedding and then you hear the love chapter and how beautiful love is and it's almost like you step into an impossible expectation of fulfilling a beautiful happy rose covered you know, life when real life has suffering and it has pain and there's struggle um, and what that kind of marriage looks like. Yeah, I didn't. That's not where I thought you were going yeah. with that. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and because you're the the one who likes to achieve, you put it in terms of trying to fulfill you know, the love is kind, love is gentle, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Um, as a skeptic, I was—I thought you were going somewhere else with, um, if you think there's only one particular person out there that God intended you to marry, um, celebrating our anniversary yesterday, the skeptic in me would have thought maybe the voice came into your head of, did I really find the right one or not? <laughs> Still working on that. <laughs> Did I make a really uh, hasty decision? Is it too late now? <laughs> <laughs> and so, if you believe that, 
lie that there's only one person out there, and I think it's a lie, uh, then, yeah, you'll always be second-guessing if, well, is this really the one or was it not the one? Would I have been happier with someone else? Would I, should I, could I, what if? Mm. Um, Whereas, again, I think people could be married to any number of different people, and if they're living the will of God of walking in love and humility and forgiveness, that a marriage could work with any number of people. Right. And if you put that in terms of, you know, spirituality and um, even uh, yoga language, meditative language, that we create our lives in the now. So whatever, wherever we find ourselves, the attitudes and the beliefs that we are taking into our days can create things that are beautiful. Um, or horrific. Or, well, yeah, or the other <laughs> direction, yeah. <laughs> or feeling like a victim to your circumstances. So it happened for a reason. Whatever befalls me, oh, well, okay, that, that happened. Yeah, it was fate. <laughs> uh, and then you can quickly begin to feel like fate's dealt you a crummy hand and there's nothing you can do about it. And which makes you feel so powerless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the whole tenor of kind of our conversation this morning is that we are cooperating with God in this world. It's not that we get to chart everything. Uh, I think the Holy Spirit is at work, but we're also not simply pawns on a chessboard being moved at God's whim. Um, I truly think it is relational and a cooperation. And even when we... uh, Continue, and I continue to make crummy decisions. Even in the midst of that, um, God is at work. As our friend Baxter Kruger says, the Holy Spirit is a redeeming genius. And it goes along with that scripture, you know, God works all things together for good for those that love Him. And I do love Him, and I sometimes really make a mess of things. And He is at work to redeem what I've uh, brought to the altar, which is often a real uh, untidy, uh, tangled mess. And um, God's always there to work towards my thriving and my betterment. And as you said, it's not always rose-colored. Sometimes there is suffering involved. Yeah. Um, But the suffering is at my own hands. And God's trying to bring me through so that I'm more conformed into His image and um, hopefully wiser on the other side. Yeah. I wonder during this time, and this is such a bizarre time, even during this coronavirus epidemic, pandemic, um, each week feels a little different. Each week is like, where are we now? (laughs) What like what year. phase are we in? What life are we in? Um, it your when you were speaking, it made me think. Okay, so for each one of us, we're all unique, and we're all co-creating with God as we walk through this bizarre time. How or what is the best way for us to find that inspiration, that spark of 
uniqueness and creativity. And we all come from the great creator himself. I believe everyone's got that creativity inside of themselves. And, and how do you connect and how do you encourage people to, to go to that place when we need it so much right now? Boy, isn't that the million dollar question? Um, I don't know. I, I know what it's not. And co-creating is not us accusing one another, whether we wear masks or not. Yeah. Uh, co-creating is not saying I'm against you because you are doing this. Co-creating is not dividing into different sides. Um, uh, our, frankly, I think our behavior is America resembles a spoiled adolescent demanding their own way uh, with no wisdom or sense of duty um, for their fellow man. So that is not co-creating uh, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. I don't have the answer as to how we can rally together and forgive each other our mistakes. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's sad. I wonder if there is, um, that is one of the blessings that comes out of walking through suffering. We talked about this with some friends. We Yesterday, we got together for the very first time, social distancing with another couple that we love very much. And it was, um, it was very healing to be able to do that again for the first time. Yeah, to be around people we we love absolutely yeah and we we talked for a, a moment about the the benefit of suffering and we as americans we're we're conditioned i think to win and i get this from my enneagram and from my personality to win to succeed to to make it happen to to um to complete to achieve i understand that and um but when when there's a time of suffering there there's a lot that comes out of that that helps us see in a better way and to know ourselves and to know our family i mean our world family in a deeper and more compassionate way and when this when this pandemic started i saw glimpses of that beginning and it made me so hopeful because it was like we're we're all going through this together, and how can we unite and help each other? And then it 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 somehow it evaporated, or at least what I'm seeing here in our country is not that anymore. It's yeah, it's harder to see. I I trust it's still there, and there are voices out there uh, that for which I'm very appreciative, like, you know, John Krasinski and his Some yeah. Good News and Matthew McConaughey um, and his PSAs about uniting and uh, coming together. And uh, there's more than them. Uh, and we need those voices. We need to lay aside the things that divide us. Um, unfortunately, the the 
people getting the most airtime um, right now are hell-bent on division. Uh, and that's, that's not a political statement as, in as much as I will say I think it's true of both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, yeah, I'll just say this. I would never claim to be a Democrat or a Republican with the way they both act these days. I think both labels should be labels of shame because they mm. act shameful. Mm. Yeah, it's um, we need inspiration in this world to see each other with compassion. It it makes me think. For those of you who remember from the eighties, um, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, a story he tells that has stuck with me uh, all of these years is uh, very quickly that story of him riding on the subway and what he calls a paradigm shift, so a a change in the way he sees things in his perspective. With the the man, he so Stephen Covey enjoys a a quiet, relaxing subway ride uh, early on Sunday mornings, I think it was. And this particular day, he's joined by uh, a father with some children who get on his subway car, and the father's basically sitting there across from him with his head in his hands and the kids are running up and down raising cane in the subway car and it's really ticking Covey off um his day is you know his solitude's been ruined and he says something to the father about you know hey how about get these little hellions in line something to that effect and the father looks up as if coming out of a daze and says oh yeah i'm sorry we've just come from the hospital and I forget if the mother had died or she was terminal, but, you know, tragic. Well, immediately Covey switched his perspective into how can I help, right? So he began to see his fellow man with compassion because he saw his suffering. Um, and he laid down his own rights <laughs> or his own desires for a quiet ride for the sake of someone else. And that's what our nation needs so desperately is to lay down our own sense of privilege or rights for the sake of others to see how can we help one another to come through this um, in as in as good a way as possible that's great that's great so we have a huge opportunity right now for a paradigm shift for some real expansion of our our hearts. Well, and frankly, on the heels of Memorial Day, which is all about the sacrifice of those who didn't come home in order for others to enjoy thriving, I think that's exactly what this is about. Yeah. Well, I love you. Love you too. Onward and upward. Amen. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, we really want you to know that you matter. And we're all really just one big family. 
So until next week, keep noticing your stars, enjoy your freedom to explore life, and just take it one step at a time.